Welcome back in Brady Farkas show here on this Monday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Let's continue on the NFL playoff conversation by bringing in our guy, Matt Verderam, NFL director, fansided.com. This may, this marks two consecutive Mondays I've had on my former Oswego State Laker connections. Last week I had my first talk with Chris Horvaditz in a decade, and now I bring you on again today. V, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well as well. Let's let's follow up on a few things we were just talking about. I actually feel bad for Kirk Cousins because I think all in all, he played a pretty clean game yesterday, a pretty efficient game. The stats were good. The offensive output was generally good. But all anyone is going to remember is the final decision to throw the ball five yards short of the sticks. And yes, that was a bad decision, but I feel bad that everything else he did yesterday is going to be glossed over because of that. I actually have some sympathy there. I think that's what that game should be remembered for. I mean, I, I think realistically, like, you're right. He played well for the most part in the game. He did. But when your team's got to have it and you need eight yards and you throw for three yards, like, yeah, it's it's going to be a defining moment of that game. And I he – has had a history of he does that, like he'll throw the ball short of the sticks in spots. You can't. It, it, you know, when when you need that that gotta have it moment, like you gotta find the way. And listen, I wouldn't sit here and criticize him if he threw the ball downfield there and it gets knocked away. Or whatever, that, that's football. That happens. You got Justin Jefferson. I don't care if he's double. Like throw the ball to the guy to check it down when your season's on the line is just such a unsatisfying way to end the year. Yeah, he is going to be remembered for that. I I think, again, I think it is fair. This Lamar Jackson story is already messy, and it could get ugly because you've got Sammy Watkins saying last week that he wished he would have played. you got Jackson taking what seems to be a subtle or subliminal shot at the team on Instagram earlier today. I mean, this it's already messy. It seems like it could could be trending much worse than that. I think there's a very realistic chance that he's played his last down in Baltimore. I mean, I I think, look, if you're the Ravens, you can say whatever you want. Lamar can say whatever he wants. But the reality of this is it's going to come down to his contract. And he's now an unrestricted free agent, or he's set to be an unrestricted free agent. He's never going to get the free agency. Okay, They're going to probably negotiate here before the tag window opens in late February. If they don't come to a deal, they're going to tag him for $45.2 million. Um, which would be the highest tag ever placed on a player in NFL history. And that will essentially lock the Ravens into not being able to make any moves because that's all the cap space. So if you're Eric DaCosta, their GM there, you got to make a decision. Are you willing to just run this thing back status quo, which I think at this point, wh- why? What is what is the reasoning to do that? You're not winning anything with this team. Or do you sit there and say, look, Lamar, here's our best offer. You can take it, you can leave it, but here's our best offer. And know that if you leave it, that's fine. We're trading you. And the price is three first-round picks. That's the price. I think I think they would find a taker or two, even at that price point. And there's probably a team or two out there who would give him a fully guaranteed deal, which is what he wants. And I don't blame the Ravens for not being one of them. I think he's a terrific talent. But... It's fair to say the last two years, he has not been able to finish the season. They have cratered because of that. They have never had a high-octane passing offense. A part of that is his weaponry. Part of that is, I think, his his 
style of play. I don't blame the Ravens for not giving them a fully guaranteed deal. And if some other team will do it and they can get three first-round picks for him, I don't blame the Ravens if they move on. If he is sitting out because he doesn't want to jeopardize future earnings, whose side are you on here? Are you on how could a guy do this to his teammates in the ultimate team sport and be so selfish? Or are you on the Robert Griffin the third played hurt and ruined his career and Isaiah Thomas in the NBA played hurt and ruined his career? And I understand it. Which side are you on on this? I don't know that that's the case. If it's the case, I'm on the team side of it. You are under contract. You are getting paid a lot of money. And I think it depends, too. Like, if if the, if the injury is such where he's at a much greater risk of, like, blowing his knee out, then I get it from Lamar's side of it a little more. If, if you're telling me, well, you could sprain it again, but you couldn't, you know, you're not that you couldn't tear it because you could always tear it. But, like, you're not at any more of a risk of doing so. You know, listen, you've heard a lot of players come out, former and current, and say that he should give it a go. Now, I'm not him, and I don't know his exact situation. Um, I will say this. I'm not going to judge him based off the idea that he could play, because if he says he's hurt, he's hurt, and I'm and I'm okay with that. I believe him. What I will say, though, he should have been on that sideline in Cincinnati. He should have been there. That That's a bad look. And I've already seen people say, well, you know, guys aren't always there. Guys usually are there if they're not out for the season. They're usually there. Unless they're rehabbing elsewhere, whether they're on the field or they're up in a booth, they're usually there. And it's a playoff game. And supposedly he's week to week here. Like, be on the field, man. Be there. That, that, that I thought was a little bit of a bad look. NFL Director Fansided.com, Matt Verderam with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on DEV. I love the Bills and their – quick strike ability and their ability to score anytime, anywhere. And Allen does some ridiculous things, but as the competition stiffens here into the playoffs, you got to be worried about their ability to a put teams away and B just hold on to the football period. Aren't you? I think they're, I think they're in for a very tough game against the Bengals. Um, that game is misleading. That, that, that Miami game is misleading. The Dolphins had a third-string quarterback who, frankly, was not ready for that game. Although, I'll say this. You know, he put some balls on the money that the Dolphins were wide open. Yeah. And they dropped the ball. I mean, how different is that game if Jalen Waddell catches a few of those passes, if Mike Kosicki catches that ball down the seam? That, like, they, not, they weren't 50-50 balls. They should have caught those passes. My concern for Buffalo is these guys are wide open. Skyler Thompson, if they could just catch, would have thrown for damn near 300 yards yesterday. And, you know, the, the Dolphins might have still won the game, if not for a bunch of, uh, you know, having to blow timeouts and, and delay a game and everything else. The Bills have two problems right now. They've, they've got to figure it out. I don't know that they can. One is their pass defense has not been good down the stretch. It just has not been. I mean, Mac Jones lit him up in week 18. He's throwing the ball over the yard. I just wonder without Von Miller, they without that pressure that he provides, can they hold up in coverage? They're they're gonna be stressed to the max against Cincinnati in that regard. Number two, Allen, and I, I, I think he's a top three guy in the league, but like you gotta be able to play a simple game every once in a while. It can't just be we're gonna throw 12 deep balls every game, and that's the offense. But you've got to be able to sustain drives in Cincinnati. 
with Lou Anarumo as their coordinator is going to make them do that. They are going to make the Bills see a million different looks, and they're going to make them walk them down the field. And it's he is going to he is going to challenge Allen to be patient, to be smart, to recognize the play pre-snap. I, they're they're going to really challenge Buffalo in this game. I I think this is a game that if the Bills don't play their absolute best, they're losing. If they play their absolute best, they still might lose, but they'll be in it. You know, a year ago, Daniel Jones's career was on life support. You know, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option in New York, and he was very questionable as to whether he was going to be there. And if he's not there, it's very questionable if he's going to be a starter in this league moving forward. The fact that the Giants come in with not a lot of talent there, but get a competent play caller in there, that gives me some optimism for the Patriots next year. Because if Daniel Jones can be fixed by Brian Dable with not a lot of talent around him, can't Mac Jones be salvaged if the Patriots can get a competent play caller with, you know, not great, but I would say better talent than what the Giants have right now? That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I I will say, look, what happened, though, that changed Daniel Jones's trajectory was the coach, right? I mean, it was going out and it was getting Mike Kafkin. It was getting Brian Dable. Because you're right, the weapons aren't great, especially on the outside. The Patriots have got to get a real offensive coach yes. there to help Matt. Like enough, enough of this nonsense with Belichick, where it's this cloak and dagger, and well, we're going to bring in Matt Patricia because he's the guy, and he's always the guy, and that's who we're going to go with. And don't talk to me about it. like, no, man, that's crap. Like you need to actually bring in a real offensive coach. You need to bring in somebody who knows what they're doing. And if they don't do that, I don't foresee anything changing. They're going to. They said they're hiring an offensive coordinator. They're starting interviews for an actual offensive coordinator this week. So, But who who's that person? That's the question. Like, does that person have any experience? Is that person – like, is that person a first-time coordinator? Are they a former head coach? Like, who is that person? Bill O'Brien is the popular opinion. Yes. And I'm not I, saying I love that, but he's the popular opinion. Kingsbury's name is getting batted around because he used to be here for a minute and all that. So those are the guys right now that are being talked about. And that's, But that's the question to me. Like, that – who who's the person? If it's O'Brien, I, I'm okay with that hire. Okay. I don't love the Kingsbury. What has Cliff Kingsbury ever done as a coach ever? Anywhere. What has he ever done? He was a head coach at Texas Tech and couldn't win games in the Big 12 at Patrick Mahomes and then went to Arizona and couldn't hack it there. And now he's now he's a great coach. Like I oh I, I wouldn't mind the O'Brien hire, but they got to get it right. They got to figure it out. I think Mac Jones is more limited than Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones is more physical talent. Um but I'm not willing to completely give up on the kid yet. Um but they, they got to get a real offensive coordinator in there. They've got to put in a scheme that he believes in and then roll with it. Last question. The Pats right now have the 14th pick in the draft. What would you say is their biggest need? Because I could make a case for them to go out and get a left tackle. I could make a case for them to go get a playmaking DB. I could make a case for them to go get a playmaking wideout. Like they have a lot of, of needs. What would you say stands out above the rest at you know, a relatively high draft slot? You've got to make Mac Jones the best it can be. So I would look at either an offensive lineman or a, a receiver, whoever is best on the board, and say so that's what I'm taking. Because I think Belichick will always keep that defense good and consistent and, and you know, competitive. And this year they were very good. I think if you're New England, you got to fix that offense, You've, whatever it takes. I mean, I, I think that's got to be the path forward. 
Because right now, if you don't fix Mac Jones, everything else is a waste of time. Matt Verderam, NFL director, fansided.com. I know you're going to be up at the Senior Bowl uh, and the Combine in a couple of months, so I know we'll check in with you again there. Patriots coaching staff is going to be coaching not at the uh, Senior Bowl, the other one there, the other evaluation bowl for upperclassmen. So, uh, you know, see what scuttle you're hearing about that as well. So, V, appreciate it. We will uh, check in again here soon. Sounds good.